Hi, everyone. This is Reb Brad. You're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. We're in the midst of an interview series with Adam Smith. Adam is the sporting director for Central Valley Fuego FC, a USL League One team in California. Today is part three of four in our interview with Adam. In this episode, Adam details his time with Fresno FC, from putting the club together all the way until closing their doors for the final time as the owner and city leaders couldn't come up with an agreement on a stadium. So keep listening. We're minding the nets with Adam right after this. a little off foot thinking he's going to go far post not strong enough with his right hand whips that one in far post almost made him in and they have he has the hat trick the second in his career the third of the night the hat trick hero talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure to the corner goes towards the near post and you're the angle of what a goal what a goal Curious, Adam, if, if you if you go back to the start at Fresno, is that a time period when, you know, you've got to assemble all the pieces for a team, uh, club club structure, right? That and and some of that falls within your purview. Some of that's on Frank to to kind of get those pieces together. But you know, in my experience, I've I've known some that in when they're in that stage, they just get inundated with all the people coming out of the woodwork looking for work or wanting to be part of something, or sometimes the experience is uh, the reverse. All the people that you want to join the team have already signed because you're so late in the game. They've already signed somewhere else. You can't get your first choice. The people that you've always said, hey, let's work together at some point. Uh, now they're tied down or committed elsewhere. What, what what do you remember that experience for you? Was it was it feast or was it a little bit of famine or, you know? And and I realize you know you got to find some of those extra pieces in year two. But do you remember that that first that first transition period? I do, I, I do actually. It's a great question as well, Rev, because um, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, if that I, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds contradictory, but I, I really do think it was a, a bit of both. I mean, the other thing that was ironic is I, <laughs> I didn't know the job was coming and we had booked a family holiday to, to Mexico for, for the Thanksgiving. And then we'd booked a trip. We hadn't been back to the UK for the longest time ever. And we booked a trip in for, um, in between Christmas and new year. To, to the UK and I'm like I've got the what am I going to do am I going to have to cancel these so those trips quickly also became scouting missions as well so <laughs> there was a there was yeah. a, a couple of days carved out in Mexico where I went to visit an academy there um, to look at players and then uh, in the UK I visited a couple of clubs during that period so my wife was very understanding and she's also very understanding how most of the vacation was spent on the phone with agents, players, mm. um, you, you know, the drill. So, uh, it, but it had to be done. I mean, it was, you know, I had to, to put a team together. So there were periods where, yeah, I had a, lots of people coming out the woodwork, lots of people calling me, lots of people saying, I've got this player, I've got that player. But, but there were also periods where it's not as easy to get the right people in terms, of, especially on the staff side, as you, as you perhaps think yeah. it would be 
because you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with constraints, you're dealing with people who could be in a different part of the country or even the world, actually. You're also dealing with, we had a, you know, we had a, an affiliate with, with the Whitecaps in year one that Frank had set up, you know, from the get-go. So, you know, there was, there was a courtesy to, to try and work with them in, in a good way, but to try and work with them in terms of some players and staff as well. And it, it all, it, it worked out, but it, it's just, um, yeah, it's, there, there were a lot. Now I would be a lot easier than now. I, if I could pick my perfect staff and, 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 and do it all again, uh, and they were all available. I, I'd know what to do, but you're gonna you're gonna run into the same problems again yeah. as well because they everyone has to move on in life and they have to get jobs and they have to make decisions and go places. So, it, I, I think as though, as I said, it sounds contradictory, but I do think it was a bit of both. There was definitely some fees that, that periods of, of that, and there was definitely some periods of famine as well. But, um, and I do think you need a year to. To, to whatever you've put together, there's going to be some tweaks that you you see throughout the course of that year. And that's the key time in that, in that off-season after year one to make the right changes so that year two, you're, you're, you're in a good shape. If you can get through the first year, be able to compete, put a, you know, somewhat of a decent product on the pitch and, and, and everything, then um, there's no excuse that that year two, you can't, you can't hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a testament, you know, really to you to kind of get thrown into the fire and to, to do well, to, to climb that table. It just, I remember when that news came out, just if it feels like, I mean, I felt like I was punched in the gut. Maybe I was feeling that for you, but what did that feel like when five games to go, you're, you're pushing for top of the table, you're pushing against league leaders and, it's done. Like it's done before it's even, you know, the season's ended. What did, what did that feel like for you? Well, I think, I think upon reflection, it, it, it's actually has, has hit me more after the fact, you know, like a year or maybe more after the fact, but it certainly hit me at the time. I mean, the, the biggest thing was, and I remember it well is, you know, having a meeting with, with the owner and with Frank and, and then with, um, with Jake Edwards from the league and, and them sort of announcing to me that this is what was going to happen, that the team was not going to continue. You know, there'd been rumours and there'd been rumours of someone buying it and different things. And, and I was like, well, I have no control over that. But the one thing that we cannot do is let that news get out from this table i i have five games to go we are flying right now we're like almost invincible and it's gonna just put a pin in the balloon i i if this gets out and of course the very next day i've got players calling me i i've got a two-year contract what about my wife what about my baby i've got agents calling me saying hey fresno's over i want to offer you a contract and even coaches in the league were calling my players and saying, hey, I've got a contract ready. I mean, which shouldn't be happening. But yeah. what can you do? The players are also trying to look after themselves and, and find that and everyone just kind of took their eye off the ball. I mean, I met met with all the players and said, look, we all we can do is finish as best we can do. And that makes you guys and me as well and all my staff more marketable. I will try and help anybody in this room get a position. And I did. I helped my staff. I helped players. I, I did those things. Um 
but we lost four out of the next five games. So we had been on some crazy winning streak. We, you know, we, we, I think we'd only lost one game at home all season or something like that. But we, and then we go and lose four out of the next five, but we'd already, you know, confirmed playoffs. We had beaten Phoenix in their 20 game crazy unbeaten run. You know, we beat them at home, which was a, which was a great achievement. We were the team to stop them and, and we were sitting good. So we, we should have really ended up second, but we ended up third. Um, ironically, the, the playoff game was in our hands. I mean, we were we were 2-1 up, I think it was, about to go. We had uh, my midfielder, uh, Hiroki, had an open goal from like six yards uh, to, to put us 3-1 up and that, to put the game to bed. And somehow it, it, it was missed. They, they come down the other end and score and then we give a silly penalty away and all of a sudden it's over and then you're in the locker room with all the lads and people are in tears and no one knows what's happening and just try and get everybody together, thank them for their for their time. I mean, I it really, really was, the rug was completely pulled from underneath our feet um, because I, I, I know this is easy to say, and probably if you could see my face right now, Rev, you'd, you'd probably feel it even more. But I felt that we had a great chance. I'm not saying we would have won the USL Championship, but we could have got to the final. It, it, the way everything, I think Phoenix then got knocked out. The way We had home field advantage all the way through to the final. I think it was Louisville, I can't remember that year that won it I think I can't remember and we would have been away in the final and then it's a you know a cup game a roll of the dice and can go either way you know it's always harder when you're away from home but the the, the way the draws are gone if, we, if we'd have got through that El Paso game we'd have had home field advantage all the way I think we could have got to a final don't know what would have happened in, you know in the final but anyway it wasn't to be and uh, it, it it certainly is something that, that I, I try and put behind me because um, a lot of people are probably fed up hearing the story. You know what I mean? Even though it is a crazy story, a lot of people have, have asked me, I've, I've told it so many times, but it, it definitely um, impacted me negatively. I'm over it now, but it, 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 it was probably a year or so later and with COVID and all the other things that mm. came on board and the league shutting down for a period. And then you're like, you know, it, it, it it was it was a tough period, tough on my family especially, um, and and of course you know tough on tough on me as well. But what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Adam and and you don't have to we we don't have to go there, but but just I'm curious with with what you mentioned, end of 2019, you know a few months later, COVID hits, league shuts down. Did did you kind of do you look back now and go? Yeah, maybe we gave up too soon because because for those that don't know, it was around a stadium issue and about getting the the ability, if I'm correct, right, to to build a, a soccer appropriate stadium um, within particular area of town. Um, did did you kind of feel like um, maybe maybe we gave up hope too soon, like from a 30,000 foot view uh, and it's you can never make decisions backwards, but um, does it feel that way or, or, or was it really as insurmountable as it, I think the announcement was like, Hey, this isn't, we're, we're never going to be able to out 
come out of this stadium that we're in and and get the stadium that we need to fulfill our commitments. But was it really as tough or, and, and again, you can just go, Hey Rev, let's, let's pass. But I just, I wonder, you know, what if, what, what if there had been a little bit more hold on and, and maybe, maybe things change. Maybe we're just a few months away. I don't know. Maybe I've not got the right sense of that either. I don't mind answering that question, Rev at all. Um, I think it's, you know, the, I'm not trying to point the finger or blame anyone because there's, there's, there's you probably blame on both, on both sides in terms of blame on the organization and blame on, on, on the city for, 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 for their part in it as well. I mean, I, I wasn't privy to, to all the conversations that, that went on because my job was obviously to take care of the team and, and, and um, win games of football. Um, the city, I don't think were, and I don't understand all the red tape that goes into these things, but, you know, there wasn't enough support from the city in terms of getting a soccer specific stadium. Maybe there wasn't enough forward planning from the ownership in terms of, you know, understanding what it takes to own a football club and then what it's going to take to, 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 to build a stadium in terms of the actual product that we had, both on and off the field, we were it was going places 100%. I think anyone that was around it saw it, or even even you know from 30,000 feet above would see that it was it, there was something special. I mean, the crowds were, were were really good. The atmosphere was really good. The, the team was really good. I, I knew what pieces I needed for year three to to make it even better and 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 to you know to to build from then. There weren't too many pieces that that were needed really. I mean, it was. So from that aspect, I think it was it did finish too early, and I think if the owner had been able to be a bit more patient, wait a little bit more, being prepared perhaps to take, um, you know, a loss as some of these teams do, uh, you know, on the on the business side for a little bit longer, that and and get that that stadium piece in place and training ground and all the rest of it, then I think we'd be we'd be cruising right now. Yeah. Um, because I certainly had a, a five-year plan and the budget that was provided to me, I made sure I, I stayed within that budget and it was very modest, um, to be honest. Um, so I think that was a, that was a crying shame that, that, that w- it wasn't given more time. In, I, ironically, and I, again, I don't, there's a lot of animosity here in the community with, with what happened with, with them leaving and everything. But, you know, I have to be grateful to... to to Ray Beshoff and Frank Yallop for giving me an opportunity as a head coach, despite the fact that I was, I could be very bitter with not so much with Frank, but with, with Ray, because he's, you know, I finally get a dream job. I put my heart and soul into it, make a lot of tough decisions over two years, work really hard, get a, a fantastic product on the field. And then he decides, well, I, you know, I'm just going to switch the switch and it's not mm-hmm. happening anymore. But I'm not bitter. Um, I've never been a bitter person anyway. And 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 in some ways, he actually looks like a genius. Now, he didn't know that COVID was around the corner, but he's moved and he doesn't operate his new team straight away. He's saving millions of dollars a year because, you know, COVID's here. So, in, in you know, from that aspect, you know, kudos to him that he's been able to to escape that and, and being having to pay out tons of people over over a period where there was there was no league. So sure, sure. Uh, 
I mean, look, all I, I'm a positive guy, and I just look at it now and go, look, this has all happened. It happened for a reason. Who's to blame? Good, bad, and different. Who knows? I mean, just thankfully now we have, you know, we have a new ownership in, in Fresno that's that's local and I think is is in it for the for the long haul. Um, so we we have a second op, a second chance. And yeah, there's there's some growing pains right now because you know a lot of people that were behind the team, you know, when the kind of moved away from the team because after they left and there was no soccer, they just, you know, got involved with different things and what have you. So there was a Fuego now, the, then there was Fresno FC and now there's a Fuego again. Yeah, it was USL uh, championship at one point with Fresno FC, but now it's League One. And so there's an education piece and a, a, a growing pain uh, element and a development period that we have to go through. But thankfully, we, we do get a, a second opportunity. Something I appreciate about Adam is the honesty and integrity with professionalism in the way he shares a difficult story. There could have been a lot of finger pointing and blame and other ways to handle and to even share that story, but I feel he did so with integrity and honor to everyone involved, from the fans to the ownership to the management and others. So thank you, Adam. Next week, we're back with Adam for the last installment in our series. He'll speak more on his current role with Fuego. We will also have a bit of fun as Adam steps into the box for a game of Crosses with Rev. So be sure to tune in next week for our last bit of time with Adam. Thanks again for listening. This is Rev Brad coming to you from the Touchline.